Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Yeah, we've been talking about the gift, and um, today I've been talking about the gift of evangelist. That what was in my heart when I was asked to preach. And whenever God put something in my heart, and I try to put something on top of it, it doesn't work. The other one keeps getting on top of the list. Yeah, we all know what the gift is. The gift is something that somebody gives to you. It's not something you give to yourself. You don't give to yourself. Somebody has to give to you. And a gift is, is for free. You don't buy a gift and ask somebody to pay for you for a gift. So it's something you get for free. And it's the same way with the gift of the Holy Spirit. God gave us this gift for free. We don't pay to get them. And uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit are not succession titles. And it's not something you get because you went to a Bible school. There's a difference of going to a Bible school to get the knowledge of the Word of God and receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, we need to understand that in order to get the gift of the Holy Spirit, first of all, we, one must be born again. You have to be born again in order to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And secondly, you need to, sp- you need to be a person who spends time with God in prayers. Because when you spend time in the Word of God and you spend time in prayers, the only way that God will expose you to us is by gifting you. The moment you come out of that place, you will be a different person. In fact, you don't need to tell us that you are gifted. Because the moment you do things, everybody will know that you are gifted. Hallelujah. So you don't get them because you go to school. You don't get them uh, by somebody passing them to you. Don't succeed them. The Holy Spirit gives them. And we need to understand that when God gives somebody... Uh, a gift, he doesn't care who you are. I mean, your gender. The gift does not discriminate a male or a female. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives as he pleases. He might give a woman a bigger gift or a child. I have seen children being gifted by the bigger gift. And when you see them, you see God working in the children. And what happens is, sometimes in our culture and our tradition, there are places where people say a woman cannot be a leader. Woman cannot be a pastor. But we forget that the, pastor, the one who gives the gift is the Holy Spirit. They did not give themselves. And why did the Holy Spirit give the gift? So that they can use them for the benefit of the church. I don't know what your belief is. Maybe you were brought up knowing that a woman can never be a leader. And I will ask you, who gave the gift of leadership? If you tell me it's the Holy Spirit, then we need to follow. Hallelujah. Let's go back to the gift of evangelist. What is the gift of evangelist? An evangelist is the preacher of the gospel. And what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. John chapter uh, 3 verse 16 says that for God so loved the world 
that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That is good news. This is what a preacher, an evangelist, speak about. Also, Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. These are the message that an evangelist is meant to preach. Okay, did I miss any page? No, I have it. Cool. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm in order. Now, we will be uh, going through uh, Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 to 2. And this book is one of the books that I love very much, and I'll tell you why. You know, this was actually the last book that uh, Paul wrote before he dies. He was in prison when he wrote this book to Timothy. And he was going to die. He was not going to make it. If you, if you read uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse 6, I guess, you will see how Paul is telling Timothy that he is not going to make it. He will die. So I take this book as the will, the testament that Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy. He wrote his heart. Everything he knew he, Timothy needed to know was written in this book. Everything that he knew would, would happen in the future, every duty and responsibility that he thought that Timothy needed to know, he passed it to Timothy. So that when he dies, Timothy will continue to do what Paul was doing. Uh, let's go, uh, Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1 to 2 says, and then we continue later. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instructions. Now, you see that uh, Paul was outlining, he was outlining the duties of a preacher. Because Timothy was a pastor, but he had a gift of preaching on him. And Apostle Paul was trying to encourage that gifting. He was trying to encourage Timothy to never stop preach the gospel. And here are six duties that are mentioned in that scripture that we just read. One, he said, preach the word. Second, he says, someone who is, who is prepared in season and out of season. He asked Timothy to be prepared in season and out of season. What does that mean? That means that Timothy will never have a holiday for preaching the gospel. Timothy will never have a holy day for spending time in the Word. 
Timothy will never have a holiday to spend time in the presence of God where he will get revelation on how to reach the world. Even when you go on your holiday, you should never have a holiday from God. We should always have a holiday to God, yeah. not from God. And this is something Timothy, uh, Paul was trying to encourage. Never have a holiday. We have short time in the world. And we still have a lot of people to be rich with the gospel. If you stop spending time in the world, if you stop preaching the gospel, then who is going to do it? So be prepared in season and out of season. There's no excuses. The third one, he said, be someone who can correct, someone who can rebuke, someone who can encourage others, someone with great patience and careful instructions. Let's see how Paul explains his reasons. Because he should have a reason why he was encouraging uh, Timothy to be such an amazing preacher of the word of God. Uh, we continue to verse 3. 2 Timothy 4 verse 3. It says, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. In other words, the time will come when people will reject the truth. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their eating ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. And do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Now, Apostle Paul was able to see the future. When you walk in the spirit, you will be able to see the future. Right now, the church has the ability to predict what Australia is going to look like in 50 years. Timothy was trying to predict the future. And he's telling, uh, I mean, Paul was predicting the future and he's telling Timothy, look, the time is coming when people will reject the truth. And anywhere that the truth is being spoken, people will never put their foot in that place. People will gather themselves with teachers who will teach them, who will tell them what they want to hear. Look, this morning... I want to let you know that the gospel is not something that people want to hear. Because the gospel is the truth that confronts the other truth. It confronts your own personality. The truth does not come very nicely. It comes to confront. And there's only two choices. Or you accept it, or you turn your back on it. But the time is coming when even Christians, people who go to church, people who have once accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, will turn their back on the truth. And they will go to places where people are preaching what they want to hear. 
Like I have a behavior, for example. And I go somewhere, I read the Bible, the Bible is against that behavior. And I come here to church in the morning and somebody is preaching against that behavior. And I feel hurt. And I leave the church. And I go around talking that they are judging people. There is no way you preach the gospel without people saying that you are judging them. There is no way. If, if you want to preach the gospel and think that you will not be a victim of judging, I want to tell you you are wrong. Because whenever you confront people's personal life with the truth of the word of God, you are judging already. But it is not judging. It is the truth. Because the Bible tells us that they shall know the truth. Only the truth shall set people free. There is no other way we can present the gospel if we don't speak the truth of the gospel. We don't have any other way to do it. If the Bible says stealing is sin, full stop. We can't change that. If the Bible says homosexuality is sin, full stop. We can't change it. If the Bible says marrying two women is sin, how can I change it? It remains there and it is the truth. And it has to be followed. And once you open your heart to the truth, your life will never be the same again. It sets you free. It gives your life back. Hallelujah. So who is gifted to preach the gospel? Is it the senior pastor of the church? Is it the missionary team of the church that have to go out and proclaim that Jesus is Lord? We are all gifted to preach the gospel. Even you. You are gifted to preach. It's not the pastor's responsibility. It's not the missionary team. The moment you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you become the preacher of the gospel. That very moment... That very moment, before you even join the church, if it was on street or wherever, the moment you give your life to Jesus, you become the preacher of the gospel. Hallelujah. Matthew 28, 18 to 20 says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Some people say that this scripture was only meant to the 12 apostles of Jesus. But if you read verse 20, Jesus continued to say in verse 20, and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Who are them? Who are them? Them is everybody who will believe Jesus Christ through the teaching of the disciples. And he said, teach the everything I give you, give them. And everything you give them, they give to others. That is how the gospel has been expanded. Which means it is not something that a group of people, only a certain group can do. It is something that every believer is called to do, to reach out for Christ. And now, I want to 
share with you some uh, the reason why many believers are ineffective in sharing the gospel today. Today is very hard to share the gospel. The environment is not prepared for that. Everybody has some reasons. And I want to give you a few reasons. A reason number one, fear of rejection. People are afraid. Many Christians are afraid that if I open my mouth, I will be rejected. Second, lack of courage. We need people with courage. The same courage as the apostles' courage. Because the apostles could never stop preaching the gospel even when their life was put in danger. Third reason is inability to apply the word of God in our life. We do have, sometimes we're just Christians who love to go to church on Sunday, listen to the word of God. And once we leave the, the door of the church, everything we learn remains here. We don't apply to our daily life. And look, sometimes people don't want to hear you talk about Jesus. They want to see you live the life of Jesus Christ. And once they see Christ in you, maybe you don't need to preach the gospel. They will ask you, what is the secret of your life? How do you manage to live the way you do? Where do you get your strength from? Where do, what school did you go to because your life looked different from our life? If we can just apply the word of God that we read into our daily life, that will be one of the most effective ways that we can reach our community for Christ. Look, we don't just come here and fill this place. No. We need to come here and live with something. Something that we're going to apply on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, until next Sunday. God doesn't want us to memorize the Bible. He wants us to read it and to keep it in our heart. That's why God told Joshua, that take this word and store it in, in your heart. Live by this word day and night. And you will succeed everywhere you go. And your life will never be the same again. Take it. Keep it here. Apply it to your life. Live according to it. Allow the word, to the word of God to transform your life. Let the word of God change you. Let it change you. When people see the changes, they will come to Jesus. They will come to Jesus. Nobody went to Jesus and their life remained the same. Everybody who met Jesus, their life was turned, was turned around. Yeah. They became a new creation, a new person. The past was gone, and they began to live for Christ. They began to live a new, transformed life. We want to see the transformation of lives in our church. People being transformed by the power of the gospel, the word of God, and begin to live a Christ-centered life out there. The fourth reason, poor knowledge of the word. Poor knowledge. If you don't know the word of God, how are you going to share it? You don't know where to find the scripture to talk about Jesus died for the sins. Spend time in the word. 
This is very serious business. You know, sometimes we take for granted this. But for God, it's everything. Spend time in the Word. Equip yourself with the knowledge. This is where I would like to encourage those who doesn't go to a connect group to try. It might be hard, but try go in a connect group. Because we spend time going through the scriptures, learning from the word of God, and give ourselves some knowledge. We equip ourselves for the word. Every believer is to equip themselves to reach for the loss. And you need to know this Bible. I had my auntie, my, my father's sister. She had been a Christian for 30 years. Uh, now it's 40 because she's, she's, yeah, she's aging now. And uh, she, she wasn't very kind to me. Every time as, as a young Christian, I woke up, I go for prayer, for preaching. Uh, she, sometimes she'd tell me, you go, you go to prayer a lot. Huh? Can't you stop for some time? Do you know how long I've been a Christian for? 30 years. And you think now you, you are mature than me? But my auntie, if you just ask her to give her to give you one scripture in the Bible that she knew. No one scripture. Not just one. We have people in the church. They've been for many years. They don't know even one verse. Read the word of God. Equip yourself. You never know when you're going to meet somebody. And maybe you want to tell them about Jesus. The fourth barrier is poor communication skills. Some people take it as a debate. We have to debate and one has to win and another one has to lose. The gospel is not about debating, winning or losing. It's about proclaiming that Jesus is Lord. Whether people believe it or not, we are not arguing. We are not debating. We are proclaiming Jesus. So you need to equip yourself with a good way of talking to people. If you don't greet people, Start to learn how to start greeting people because it all starts by greetings. So if you don't have that habit, that will be a, a, a barrier. Another one will be money. If no money, sometimes we cannot reach out for Christ. And the last one, and the very most important one, is shame. Shame. People feel ashamed to share the gospel. Maybe they will think of me or some, someone who is crazy. And see what Paul says in Romans chapter 1 verse 16. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Look, when you carry the gospel, you are not just taking the gospel. You are carrying the power. When you carry the power, you have nothing to be afraid of. People who carry the power, they are able to turn water into wine. People who carry the power like Elijah, they are able to call fire from heaven. And the fire will come down. You are carrying the power that is able to raise the dead to life. You carry the power that is able to heal the sick. You don't need to be ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God that you are taking to people. It is a medication. You, take, you go to the hospital and people are struggling to recover. The gospel is medication. You can prescribe, subscribe for somebody. The gospel. 
you pray for them in the name of Jesus. They come back to life because it is power. Hallelujah. Tell somebody near to you, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Now, we need to understand that when God gives the gifts of, of, of evangelism, he gave it in two measures. There is normal measure and there is extra measure. All believers get normal measure of the gifting. That's what I said earlier. When you come to Christ, the moment you become born again, you are able to share the gospel. How does that start? You start sharing the gospel by sharing your personal story. Just like a Samaritan woman in the book of John chapter 4. Once she heard the message of Jesus and she accepted it and she believed that this is the Messiah, she could not hold it. She ran to the town and she began to proclaim, Hey people, come, I have met the Messiah. He told me about my life and I believe everything he said. Come and listen to him. That is how the gospel works. You start by sharing what happened to you. How did Jesus change your life? What happened when Jesus came into you? What is it that Jesus changed in you? That's what you begin by telling. So that is what I call normal measure. It's given to every believer. But extra measure is mentioned in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, the Bible said, And he gave some... As apostles. I like the word some. He gave some as apostles. And some as prophets. And some as evangelists. And some as pastors and teachers. Why the word some? Because we cannot be full-time evangelists. We cannot be full-time pastors. We cannot be full-time apostles traveling around the world, all of us. We need people here who will be doing business as Christian and reach the business people through that field. I was on Friday on Business Hub and I was happy to hear an amazing story of business Christian men. How they're transforming that world by using the name of Jesus Christ. We need people working in politics. We need teachers in every area. In our country, we need believers to be there. Because the pastor may not go to school to reach your teachers. But God bless you in that place so you can reach them. Maybe I don't have that access to reach businessmen. And God bless you in that field so that you can be his mouth. Maybe I don't have the ability to reach Tony Abbott. But there is a Christian politician who is there who will be able to reach them. And then we need a pastor here. And we need other evangelists who can go all over the world to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My time has expired. Half five minutes left. Now, let me conclude. And I'd like to invite the worship team to step up on stage. I want to finish by reading Luke chapter 15, verse 7. The Bible says that in the same way, I tell you that there will be more joy in heaven 
over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need to repent. Look, what brings joy in heaven is not that we are all here. What brings joy in heaven is not that we are giving a lot of money. What brings joy in heaven is that one soul is added to the kingdom of God. Do we have anybody here who wants to make God happy? Give God some joy. Make people in heaven to rejoice. If we want to make people in heaven to rejoice every day, is to win one soul. We don't win to win people who are in church. You are already in the net. We need to win those who are off the net. And we bring them into the kingdom. Before Jesus comes, he wants us to win as many people as we can. You still have people in your family who haven't heard about Jesus. You are ashamed to tell them. You don't have the courage. How many of your friends? Do you know what the consequences is for those who do not, didn't know Jesus? For those who rejected Jesus? Do you want to see your daughter spend all his life in hell? Or you want to be with them in heaven? Rejoice with them. All your friends, all you have to do is to get off your box. Get off the box. Let God use you. Let God anoint your mouth. Open it. Tell them something about Jesus. It's, you, do, you are not there to force them to accept it. Because that is not your job. Our job is just to plant the seed. Just plant it. It's not our job to convince them. Don't try. Because if you try to convince somebody, you make a big mistake. It's not your role. It is the role of the Holy Ghost. But before the Holy Spirit convince somebody, a seed has to be planted. Plant the seed. And the Holy Spirit will develop that seed. It will grow and you never know what will happen in the future. Let's stand up and pray. Father, I thank you that there is men and women in this church that you have anointed, you have gifted, and you want to use them for your kingdom. Lord, I pray that everybody who is here and they have not discovered their gifting, or maybe they have it and they are ashamed, they lack the courage to go out. I pray that the Holy Ghost will go upon them and strengthen them, Lord. Equip them once again. Take the fear off the heart of people. Anoint every mouth that is here. So that we will be able to go out and reach those who are not rich with the gospel. We need to reach our neighbors. We need to reach our friends. We need to reach our colleague. And we cannot do it if you are not with us, Lord. And you promise that you will be with us. I pray that you be with us, Lord, every time we go out there and preach the word. And we pray your anointing to be every each person here. And I pray that whenever we lay hand on the sick, they shall recover in Jesus' name. I pray the Lord, who you will open our hearts so we will be able to share what you have done in our life. And then to see if other people will be able to embrace you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.